And we are back. This is Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, and this is my podcast. So, topic for this podcast. This is a relatively easy topic, but it's actually an answer to a series of questions a friend sent me who I will call L, and she recently hired a coach to help her with her diet and with her training. And I found the situation interesting. It's because of the questions. The questions she was asking were very. They were reflective of a couple of lessons of how to give someone control of what works and what doesn't, of giving someone permission to direct your life in a way. And they also covered, in another perspective, another more concrete perspective, they covered what actually works with nutrition what actually works with training, what is necessary for a good diet if you're trying to build muscle and burn body fat. So I'm going to read through them, and then I'm going to give my thoughts on them, I guess you'd say. And, you know, bear in mind, these are not questions where... I'm, I'm not commenting on this person's coaching ability. I don't know who her coach is. I don't know what his ex, what his level of expertise is or his experience. But I'm just giving a perspective on how you could put these things in the context. So the first thing she messaged me with a the first thing she messaged me with to tell me was uh, in terms of nutrition she doesn't really listen to anybody right now in regards to following in one kind of person so she she doesn't believe in gurus and she has found that all these evidence based studies and this sort of current trend of science and evidence in the fitness industry all this stuff is always trying to tell you what you don't have to do but doesn't really tell you what you should do or what you need to do. And she makes a really good point regarding the fact that when you tell people they, when, that they don't have to do things, if you come to me looking for direction, for guidance, and I tell you, well, you don't have to worry about this with your nutrition, and this doesn't matter, and this doesn't matter, and that's not important, that doesn't really help you so much. De- debunking what you think doesn't help you if I don't provide you direction afterwards. So she makes a really good point here with that uh, observation. And for the person that she hired to, you know, to work with, she, you know, got the plan that he sent her, and she sees that everything is calculated on this plan. So this is it's a very planned out form of eating and training that she's going to be doing. You know, all of her meals are scheduled, all of her training is scheduled. She has to uh, cheat meals a week, and one of the meals she uses a lot of, uh, you know, high GI, you know, sugary stuff, jams, jellies. You know, cheat food. The other cheat meals like a food massacre, just eat whatever you want, you know, stuff your face. And she says how she's looking forward to this and, you know, she likes to plan. But at the same time, there's this reticence of is this really a good plan? Is this bro science? Is this, you know, it is very bodybuilder, bodybuilder esque, you know, for those of you who are into bodybuilding. Is this going to work? And you know, my simple observation would be, yeah, if you follow it, absolutely it will. One thing that you have to keep in mind anytime you hire somebody for a plan, anytime you hire right anytime, really anytime you delegate and hire someone for anything that is beyond your domain of expertise. You know, this this could be food and diet and training, this could be a totally different field. But anytime you hire somebody for this, you have to respect that they know something that you don't know. And you have to respect the fact that they've practiced it. Now, if you hire someone that's 
you know, a fraud or a charlatan, yeah, you could very likely be putting your trust in the wrong hands. But if you know this person has a good track record and you know this person has a, you know, a proven uh, history of success, you have to believe in what you're doing. You have to believe in what they're doing. So this plan, yeah, on a certain level, I'd say, wow, this is very like a this is like a bodybuilding plan. You know, not, not bodybuilding in the sense that she's going to get, you know, jacked and huge. Obviously, following this, but bodybuilding in the sense that this is a very disciplined, scheduled, measured out way of eating. But you know what? That works really, really, really well. This is the one thing people don't like to hear when I talk about calories and food and you know, how do I lose fat. You have to measure things. You know, fundamentally, if, if you don't know how much you're eating and you lack the ability to self-regulate and you are very poor about making yourself eat regularly, you're inconsistent with when you eat, you're inconsistent with what you eat, you're, you know, your whole essentially way of feeding yourself is just a big mess. If that's your way of doing things, the only way to ever get different results is to do things differently. You know, I, mean, like, I can't say that any simpler. If you want to keep doing the same thing, then do the same thing. If you want to do something different, you have, to, you have to do something different. If you want better results, more than likely you're going to have to apply metrics to what you're doing and measure it out. It's no different than you know, a bank account. I've, I've made the comparison before in the past of food is like money in a way. It, it is you know, in the same way. Food is like money. If you were bankrupt right now, and, I, you know, and I'm advising you as your financial advisor, telling you that we're going to get you out of bankruptcy, okay, what do I need to do? Well, first thing, you need to track your spending. Oh, I, I don't want to have to do that. That's a lot of work. Okay, how, how do you expect to not be bankrupt and not, not have any money when you're not willing to even see how much money you spend? That makes no sense at all. I want to track my spending. All right, I need you to go look at where the assets that you have. I need you to go you know, weigh yourself. I don't want to look at the number. I want to see what I have in my bank account. Okay, how do you expect it? Again, how do you expect any of this to get done? Yeah, and I see this attitude with clients. I've seen this attitude for years. And it's always this resistance of, I don't want to have to do that. It's going to be a lot of work and all measuring and it'll make me crazy. And then I ask them, do you track your spending? Do you track your finances? Do you track your credit card debt? Do you know how much you spend on X and Y and Z? And do you know how much you make a month? Do you have targets for these numbers? Are you, you know, do you have some sense of organization at all? And almost everyone does. If they can afford to be training with me in the first place, yeah, they do. And then I try to bridge that connection, bridge that gap of, okay, if you manage your finances because you know that it's crucial for financial health, does it make sense to you that you would manage your energy intake because that's essential to your physical health? And you can't tell me that it's not. There is no rational argument of, no, that's not important that I know what I eat. No, it's not important that I'm aware of my health. You, you, there, is, there is zero, zero coherent argument you can give me in resistance. So with this kind of plan that L's, the L is going to be following, this is a great plan. Now, whether it's the perfect plan or whether she's going to follow it forever, probably not. But you will learn things. You'll learn things and the process of doing so. In the, in the process of learning the process, you will have certain lessons and certain, certain probably practices and certain routines and rituals that you will take from this. Spending is the same way. Just to keep, you know, to keep using the money metaphor, spending is the same way. You track your spending, you track your finances. Over time, you know, when if you ever research how to be wealthy, how to make money, or, or really just how to you know practice financial health as a whole, 
habits and routines, they become rituals, they become a lifestyle. Being conscientious, conscientious with money is a way that you live. So in the beginning of anything, in the beginning of any kind of process that you start, you're always going to have to think about it a lot. That is a given. There's no avoiding that. You go through four stages of learning, four stages of internalizing a process. You have unconscious incompetence, meaning you don't know how bad you are at something in the beginning. You don't, because how could you? You don't know anything. That's the first stage. Then you have conscious incompetence, where you realize how bad you are. So you went from being aware to unaware of how much you suck. Following that, you have conscious competence. So this is where you have practiced for long enough and consistently enough that you are now good, but you have to think about it. And then the last stage, number four stage, is unconscious competence, where you've gotten so good at it and you've practiced it for so long that you don't even think about it anymore. It is now just part of your identity. So it could be a simple example of you wake up at 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. every day. Let's say 5 a.m. You wake up at 5 a.m. every day. In the beginning, the prospect of waking up in the first place is inconceivable. Maybe you wake up whenever the hell you feel like. You go to your job you know, that starts in the late morning afternoon, and your schedule is just a, a freaking mess. Then you become conscious and aware that, God, I have a really unplanned life. I need to start caring about this, so I'm going to do it. So you go from unaware to aware, and then you start doing it. But it takes work. It takes effort. And waking up at 5 a.m., you have to have a reason. It doesn't have to be a great reason or a deep reason. It has to be some reason to get yourself out of bed, and you start doing it. And then after a year of doing that, after 365 days, now your body is habitualized to waking up at 5 a.m., and you wake up at 5 a.m. whether you want to wake up or not. It just becomes part of your routine. So that's a simple example. But you, you can apply that to anything. There's another metaphor for that, which follows the same uh, structure that I just said, which a uh, mentor of mine, David Tate, uses. You go from shit to suck to good to great. Everyone starts shitty, and then you start sucking, but you're not as shitty as you were. Then after being at suck for a while in the suck zone, you get to the good zone, and then after being in the good zone for some indeterminable period of time, you get to the great zone. And the great zone, that's where you're great, but generally speaking, you won't know that until someone else tells you. So relative to Lauren and relative to, uh, I said her name, Lauren, Sorry, Elle. <laughs> Relative to her, you know, her new diet, I would say follow it. Go with it, and you will find out what it te- whatever it tells you. And, and you know, if it's a case where you realize that this you know, perhaps is too structured for yourself, that could be it, too. You could find out that you enjoy it. But you know, more than anything else, I would say, or as much as anything else, I'd say don't attach emotion to the process. Anytime you're experimenting on yourself with anything new, you don't want to have outcome dependency on something distinct happening. It's totally normal to be hopeful and to desire to have an outcome. And you know, in certain settings, and you know, in a business world, if you're running a campaign, if you're doing marketing, if you're testing something, if you're creating a product, yeah, you want there to be a distinct return. But this is not a profit and loss situation, nor is it a life and death one. It's just an experiment. It's a process of experimentation. It's self-discovery. In a self-discovery situation, it is okay for things to go however they go. So long as it's not going to kill you, so long as it's not going to bankrupt you, so long as it's not going to ruin your health, it will probably be worthwhile. So my ending advice, go with it, see what you get out of it, and in a few months from now, let's say you give it at least four weeks, 
you know, preferably you know, eight weeks, 12 weeks, you know, you'll know what the benefits are for yourself. So good question. Hopefully that had some overall context to it for you guys. And I will end this with thank you for all the listeners. Thank you to the people that have left reviews on iTunes. Please do so if you have not. It is immensely helpful. And thank you to the Patreon patrons. You guys support the podcast every month, every month and you are awesome. So talk again soon. Train hard and good luck.